I just got back from Tucson. I'm feeling great. Feeling Arizona. Uh, had a nice time. Was that in Tuscany? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Tux in Tuscany. Was it really dry? Uh, pretty dry, but I'm from Vegas. So. Right, of course. Yeah. I like Tucson. Next stop, Threed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good job. Well, you know, we, I was going to Fangamer. Yeah. Which I, I don't, I didn't really ask, but like there must be some intentionality of opening Fangamer in Tucson as an Earthbound reference, which kind yeah. of rules. <laughs> they probably like the, the degree uh, to which people enjoy the video game Earthbound. Uh, it would not be a surprise if all of those people like owned mansions uh, in in uh, the uh, uh, I don't know the San Francisco Bay Area before they decided to uh, move to Tucson just to start a company mm-hmm. that sold Earthbound uh, merchandise is the uh, kind of you know very uh, needs a lot of workshopping joke that you could make there. Yeah, yeah. there's something there. Reed, Reed, Reed lived on a farm, so that is not the the origin, unfortunately. But oh, well. could have been. It would be cool if they all lived on a beach in Hawaii and decided to move to Tucson just to start a. <laughs> uh, there we go. That's better. More appropriate beginning of our venture. Did you know Threed was called Threek in Mother Two? Duh. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. I just found that out. I looked it up to make sure that I said the right thing when I made that joke. I like to fact check, or I'll be ridiculed. Next time we meet, I shall return the favor. This is episode 260 of Insert Credit, the only video game podcast where I'm required to mention a horrible buzzer in the introduction so that our editor can be cued to play the sound of a horrible buzzer. I'm Alex Jaffe, and my favorite cheese-based snack were these knockoffs of the Pepperidge Farm goldfish that were little dolphins instead that my high school vending machines stocked, and I haven't seen them since. Wow. Um, this is uh, an unusual prompt. Uh, yeah. My name is Frank Cifaldi, and my favorite cheese-based snack... You know what? I'm going to go for the uh, the Laughing Cow Light. Ooh. Ooh. Laughing Cow is a soft cheese that um, comes in little... Uh, individually wrapped triangles in, in a circle and uh the light version the entire triangle wedge which is very satisfying and tasty is exactly 30 calories um so that and a couple crackers good to go wonderful it's a good answer uh I, i'm tim rogers and my favorite cheese-based snack is uh well uh I mean, I'm just going to drop it in the uh, Discord chat immediately as I say it so you guys can see a picture. It's like natural and kosher brand mozzarella cheese. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the, the good stuff. Fresh out of the back. <laughs> just give me give me a, a little handful of that. All my all three of the dogs in this house come uh, just to they apparate behind me, and I turn around. They all want a piece. Oh, I'd love to drop that in a grilled sea. God, it's good. You can also bag doubles as a pillow if you have neck trouble. Oh. Dogs love cheese and pillows. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I'm Brandon Sheffield. I'm gonna I'm gonna emphasize the cheese-based part because I feel like if I chose real cheese, uh, it would it would be difficult to choose like a cheese. So I'm gonna say maybe the cheese it's extra toasty. Oh, those always make me sick for some reason. Well, that's not what you want. Yeah, they got darkness in them. They got darkness yeah. in them, man. There's evil in that snack. Yeah, it's, it's, it's actually like a curse. It's not like a traditional sick. Well, yeah. I guess I, I, I'm absorbing the curse. I like it because it, it feels like something that got workshopped from like 
actual consumer feedback because it, it feels like they just saw enough people saying, oh man, I love when I get an extra crispy one from, from the batch. Uh, and then they were like, what if we did it on purpose? Oh, it's oops, oops, all crispies. Yeah, mm-hmm. oops, all crispies oops, is all what, crispies. It, oh, yeah. what it feels like. And uh, I, I like it. So that's, that's my, but my real one is just plain goldfish. Love those plain goldfish in the regular size bag. If you get it in a bigger like in the big milk carton thing or if you get it in the big box then it doesn't taste right so it's got to be the little one interesting in the the regular flavor regular bag i actually find this interesting because last the last couple times i had goldfish um and 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 i assume this happens with most foods naturally but i think this might actually be a recipe thing just tasted like cardboard to me and not the cheesy flavor that i remembered Mm. how you got covid (laughs) i don't i do not believe that i have had a uh a goldfish in in this post-covid world okay. um i believe i'm only a pre-covid uh goldfish consumer. consumer yeah I, I certainly haven't had any i had some yeah i don't i don't eat uh i don't eat snacks i love talking about popcorn but i, I couldn't tell you the last time i ate popcorn i'm just not a snack guy i can't do it it's a curse for me a lot of curses today <laughs> yeah speaking of curses let's go mm. into this podcast that we've <laughs> you're been cursed, cursed if you forever. do and you're cursed if you don't when it comes to these snacks yeah That's right yeah, let's go for it might as well call you a cursedifer uh here's my first question your cursed question yeah the cursed question tim you won last week's episode so by my tally you're currently up to seven bank toast points uh three away from your prize uh, here's right. my first question all right why did Embracer Group acquire Square Enix Montreal, change its name to Onama, and then immediately shut it down? So the the only part that's confusing <laughs> is the Why? name change. Uh, the rest of it is like they wanted the IP. Um, yeah, the name change is confusing. Yeah, um, it's very odd. But the interesting thing about the what's really going to bake your noodle later is uh, bake my ziti. You know, did, did they did they really want the IP? I mean, are they really going to do anything with it? I mean, who even knows? Oh, yeah. Well, it's, this, this is basically the same question as uh, why does a billionaire buy uh, 60 apartments in New York City per year and then not even like sell or live in any of them, right? It's uh, or rent them. with money, money or rent them out. Yeah, that's just a, it's a different species of people, man. That's why they're just not human. That's all there is to it. Money ain't human. It's like we're, we're seeing the the financial mergers and acquisitions type of thing that happens a lot in the finance world someone will buy something only to shut it down for competition reasons or whatever yeah uh, i think we're, we're starting to see that in video games i don't think they shut them down for competition reasons in this case but it is kind of like i could absolutely imagine a scenario where square enix is out there on the sales path they're like they're, they want to sell idos montreal and then Embracer is like, well, I don't want anyone else to have Eidos Montreal or to have those IP, so we will buy it. And then they do an an internal assessment, and they're like, this studio can't do what we want; they're they're gone. But yeah, the the name change two weeks ago—that's the real noodle bender, head scratcher. But my guess is is the higher ups at Eidos Montreal were not in on any of it on the on the you will get shut down soon and so they they had their own plan which was we're going to rebrand the studio we're going to do all these things this is what's going to happen and then it just happened to be that two weeks after that then embracer was like oh btw we don't want you anymore so my guess is like the idos montreal staff made this decision and then embracer made a decision above that decision that happened to be two weeks later that's Ah, that's that's what i think happened a two-level decision do you think it was Onoma because of onomatopoeia? 
Yeah, that's the only word that starts that way. I think it's because they were, uh, oh no, Ma, we're out of a job. <laughs> oh, that's it. That's Oof. it. Cracked it. Yeah. Yeah, All right, next question. <laughs> what kind of video game items do you never want to use again? Healing potions. Hmm. Whoa. <laughs> Starting by only one credit clear, I, I never heal. <laughs> no, no, it's... <laughs> Healing is cheating. It's it's actually not... Um, I, it it's is. not, it's it not is even cheating, true. It's, it's just the... I don't like... When you the idea of your character drinking a beverage to heal something. <laughs> yeah. That's right. No, I don't. I don't like when you have to have items on hand and you have to like because you wind up hoarding them. I don't like stuff that you know. There's rarity of healing potions and like, oh, I, I better save my. Okay, so consumables that you pocket for later is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, that's what I don't like. Not not like you walk over the potion and your health refills. You like that? That I do like. Okay. Yeah, it's it's things that you grab and have to use for like Final Fantasy fifteen, it's actually cheaper to buy the cheaper potions that heal you for less and then use them uh frequently. And so it's just like in a difficult battle, you're just flipping into the menu to heal yourself like every thirty seconds or every fifteen seconds sometimes. And it's 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 just so dumb. Real pace breaker. <laughs> yeah. Well that's that's why uh there there's two games that I like that uh that don't do any kind of a potion or anything and uh or you can play them that way and they're a lot better and those games are final fantasy 7 remake and hollow knight <laughs> final fantasy 7 remake uh if you are using any potions uh or anything at all in the game you are objectively playing the game totally wrong because they give you abilities that heal you you can heal with abilities and they're abilities that don't cost any money and they don't cost any items and they don't cost any magic points they just cost your just cost cooldown or whatever your your active time battle meter things yeah yeah and you use those uh, uh frequently slash whenever you can uh there's there they they fall into two genres there's Aerith's the one Aerith comes with heals everyone a little bit and the one that tifa comes with heals one person a lot or heals just tifa a lot right and I mean, you can switch that materia off to other people. You can get multiples of them. Anyway, you can play the whole game that way. And if you do, it's it's a magnitudinously better video game. And then Hollow Knight, you just hold down a button to heal, uh, which is cool because uh, time is a is a is a currency in some of the bigger battles. So you're you you have to get yourself into a position where you can heal yourself, and that's cool. So yeah, I don't really like. Uh, I've never liked opening up a menu to choose a thing. Uh, especially in the middle of a fast-paced action battle, yeah, it does. I mean, we can joke about it and say it's cheating, uh, but it really does kind of feel like you're doing something you're not supposed to do in a lot of video games. I'm thinking like this was this was particularly epidemic in the PlayStation Two era. There were a lot of action games that were really embracing video gaminess. Everything was suddenly. I don't know if anybody noticed this, but everything was suddenly 60 FPS on the PlayStation Two after a whole generation of of 12 fps video games japanese game developers were going completely bonkers on on uh action just fast blistering high speed action and um in order to keep the the, the casuals who got on board with the playstation one in order to keep them from uh, giving up on video games entirely a lot of games adopted that pause the game open it up drink a healing potion mechanic because that's all the developers could think of right and it's like i mean at that point in time had i been a professional triple a video game developer it's probably all i would have been able to think of too you know um so i think there's no excuse to keep doing it i feel real 
real dirty in, in Yakuza when I opened the menu and drank a drink a convenience store beverage in the middle of a boss battle. Oh, yeah. That always feels trashy. You were saying that it feels kind of like cheating, but um, funnily enough, for me, especially with the hardcore action-y things, it almost, it actually feels... Like the game is making fun of you? No, it, I may I get a worse time doing it because I'm not the kind of person who in... I heal whenever I need to heal, mm-hmm. regardless of the situation. Quite often in the middle of getting hit, or right before I was supposed to do something else. And so the the menu interruption for me is is less of a, a cheat and more of a committing to I'm gonna get hit right after I take this potion as well. Because I, I I'm I'm not gonna have the patience or take the time to pace it properly so that I've I've got like a good amount of time to drink this thing. I'm just gonna like take it and then I'm gonna get hit. And so it's actually like it makes it worse for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's bad in both ways, is what I'm saying. Yeah, there's a there's a whole lot going on there. In summary, items just kind of suck. Yeah. I like them in turn-based, though. I like... Oh, yeah, sure. I like hoarding my stuff and, and having to make interesting decisions during hard battles. I don't like that because I don't make the hard decisions. I just never... I literally never use them because I, I need to save them for later. Because your brain then... is wrong, but, you know, <laughs> for, like if you make your brain right... But so often they don't even do anything good. It's like, okay, let me throw this fire uh, vial in Final Fantasy and then it does like three damage and you're like, okay, cool. I guess I'll never use I'll that I'll tell again. you one item I'll never use is an elixir in Final Fantasy VI. Oh, yeah? I'll get to that final battle. It's just too morbid a topic to consider that uh, you know, you're in the last battle. You're like, I could use these now. It's like, no. Not going to use them. They're going to stay there. You've abstained this long. Exactly. One thing I feel like re-equalizes that sense of uh, cheapness and cheating is when you're in a game where the enemies can use items as well. Like sometimes they'll take out a healing potion or uh, an item that increases their stats on a turn. Yeah, like- items always feel like a waste of a turn. Like in 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 Pokemon, it's it's like. I could boost my stats or I could do two attacks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like boosting your stats is almost never as good as doing two attacks. It certainly doesn't feel as satisfying. No. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless you're playing a Dragon Quest. But in Pokemon, it's especially not. That's the only game series that gets that stuff right. How does it get it right? I mean, that's a whole nother thing. But I mean, they just... The, you got two minutes. The math is just meticulous. They're just meticulous about it. All right, we'll leave it at that. There was some game I can't remember where you could... You could throw any item that you had as well. I thought that was kind of fun. Like Final Fantasy just, 4? Maybe it was Final Fantasy 4. And uh, at the very least, I felt like I always had something to do with an yeah. item. It's like that bit in Adventures of Superman where you run out of bullets, so you throw the gun at him. Like, that'll do something. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's in a lot of things. Um, Adventures of Superman specifically? Yeah, in the 50s with uh, George Reeves. Okay. I mean, that's kind of the codifier as far as I know. Uh, I think that's probably the first instance of it. Maybe it is. Okay. Well, speaking of RPGs, when you're playing an RPG and you complete an enemy encounter, should the overworld or dungeon theme start over from the beginning, pick up where it left off, or just play through the encounter itself? Oh, I think it should pick up where it left off. I am. Oh, yeah. I was always impressed with games that did that. Um, Well, if not, yeah, it it should like fade back in. Um, Because some of those dungeon themes have like a really good part in the middle yeah and you almost never get to hear it because it's always starting over and then you're like man come on give me give me to that other part but then you walk three steps and it's like battle so i mean of course it could play through the battle but i like to hear a battle theme too sometimes so 
Yeah, that's that's how I feel. I mean, I think uh, I think no, I think a lot of people like battle themes and role playing games. I think that's a popular sort of thing to like, isn't it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think you kind of want those. I mean, we're talking RPGs with random battles here. Is that the idea? Yeah, that's kind of the Ur example. I mean, yeah, yeah. That's kind of there's there's no way around the random battle element of this. I think uh, the battle theme and the dungeon theme can uh, should be very different. So you can't just say that, uh, you know, you should you should Yoshi Bongo the battle music, you know, where you just add <laughs> yeah. something to the the dungeon music to bring it into uh, like Hyrule Field does. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. It's okay in action games, but it um, even there I'm kind of like eh. But uh, in in RPGs, you gotta you gotta you gotta shift it up. Yeah, and have a few battle themes, like a different battle theme per per dungeon. Come on. So if, if if it's okay to start the dungeon music over after the battle, then either the battle was too long or the dungeon theme music is too short. And when you have two, uh, uh, you know, you, you, when you have two twos in there, maybe that means uh, you're doing something excessive. You're no longer prime. So, yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe you should start the song from the beginning. Have a nice fade on it. Or from the middle, from wherever it was, have a nice fade on it. I mean, this is assuming that you're returning to the the, the remarkably different looking dungeon screen from uh, from a battle screen. So the the way Dragon Quest games do it is they have battle music that is is rousing and exciting, and dungeon music that is usually very contemplative and slow. And at the end of a battle, there is unlike uh, in Final Fantasy, where there is a fanfare that leads into a victory theme. In Dragon Quest, there's just a single sound effect. I don't have it on my soundboard. I only have the level up sound on my soundboard. Uh, I would I would press the uh, the the battle ending sound from Dragon Quest. Well, it's like bring. Yeah, it's a very brilliant little sound because it's very fast. And what it does is it cuts in on the frame that the battle ends, and it stops the battle music with a very quick, exactly one second long sound effect. And then uh, there's silence. And then once you close the last end of battle window, the dungeon music fades back up from wherever it had it had been cut off. And in Dragon Quest, in the original, in the older, the original Dragon Quests, the battle screen is the background is all black. And then uh, you know, so it's like it's it's you're going from one place to another. I think that's kind of the 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 best way to handle it there. I can't remember who which game did this, and it's possible that I'm making it up. I don't think I am though. There's uh there's a PC Engine game I believe uh that was using CD music for the for the dungeon themes and then you would get into a battle and then it would use the chip tunes for the battle and mm-hmm. then come and then fade the music back in so it would essentially like pause the CD and then get into the like chip tunes music for battle and then come back to the CD for the the dungeon. I thought that was neat. It it never sounds perfect because I mean, ideally, you'd want that cool, lush CD music all the way through, but it made me think about what if they did it really intentionally and super well. <laughs> uh, it could be kind of a neat contrast. If there were, if it actually thematically worked with the game, that would have been neat. Two drastically different styles of music. Yeah. I mean, they kind of do that in Nier Automata. Yeah, kind of. Um, there, There is another option that I don't think is terribly compelling, but wasn't mentioned, which is um, that post battle it doesn't start the track over but it does consistently come in at the same point in the track so fantasy mm. star 4 is an example of that where right after the battle 
it goes back to the dungeon music and it doesn't go into the like it goes like intro the part of the score exactly yeah like it comes in on like a kind of compelling uh part in the in the middle of the song huh yeah that works that works but what nobody wants is for the god darn music to start over again at the start nobody wants no. that no, right, no. we—that's settled law. I mean, nobody really wants a dungeon music in an RPG that has what sounds like a strong start. I don't think so. I have this experience in the past couple of years of uh, making a lot of loops of video game music because I need them sometimes for background, and uh, sometimes uh, with with video with RPG dungeon music, it's pretty hard sometimes to find the beginning of the track for the loop. Some of them have little. Uh, little tasty beginnings that then pop into a looping segment that then loops forever. That's what we do for, for like Gunsport, for, for instance. Oh. Yeah. So the, the, the answer is uh, don't have a dungeon track that has a really extremely exciting beginning. Uh, yeah. Wrong place to put that. Hold yourself back. NASCAR racer Ross Chastain pulled off a risky wall riding maneuver this week, yeah. setting a lap record, claiming that he learned the move from playing NASCAR 2005 on the Nintendo GameCube. Very specific. How is it that video games are changing the way sports are played in real life? You know, it, it reminds me of a, a story I told during the Olympics on, on this show, where uh, uh, one of the beach volleyball players had a, a PS5 in 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 her uh in her dorm and they're like what are you playing she's like spider-man miles morales and it's like huh these are just kind of regular people who play video games um, <laughs> yeah that rules <laughs> but that really doesn't answer the question it just felt relevant somehow it's the same genre but i was watching that f1 show that they have on netflix um mm -hmm. a while ago and you constantly see those guys playing the f1 video games oh yeah they love it they love it and they they do it less to be like, I'm gonna see if I can try this technique, but more to be like, I gotta get good beta on this track. <laughs> like ah. I gotta remember what this track is like. Yeah, exactly. All the tracks are different and and sometimes they'll change it and they'll be like, Oh, well they changed it in the game first. Well no, yeah, I mean I mean that's exactly why they're playing it. They're mm -hmm. they don't get like uh even even in NASCAR, uh where the tracks aren't quite as uh quite as creatively designed as an F1. Indeed. They don't have a whole lot of opportunities to drive a car on that track, to look at that track, to experience that track. Yeah. So they, the F1 drivers all play the F1 games because that is their best. They've spent astronomically more time looking at the track in that video game than they ever will in a car in real life, you know? I feel like that would be helpful for golf as well. I think the big, the big difference with... Like racing and, and other things like, for example, basketball is in in basketball, you can look at it and be like, I could do that. Like a pro player could look at it and be like, I could do that better or uh, I don't think you can do that in real life or whatever. But you can you can try it with much lower uh, risk to yourself, <laughs> whereas with a with a racing game, you can try crazy things that w would would kill you in real life and th but then mm -hmm. like if you dial it back you might be able to be like oh but this this i could maybe try for real i don't know it, it seems like with the the lower stakes of other games like like golf golf is so much about like how's how's the wind how's the mm -hmm. what's what's my swing like i don't know if you can really like you could see what the holes are like i guess right the courses are very specific yeah, you know where everything yeah. is there yeah i guess that's true yeah, so course beta is probably the, the number one thing. 
the topography of everything. So I saw a lot of people, a lot of people have asked me, me specifically about this. And um, I, I looked over some of the discussions about it on the social media. And there were, in fact, you know, like Frank says of the volleyball player who had Spider-Man Miles Morales, there were a lot of people just acting excited uh, or confused or surprised that a sports athlete person plays video games. Whoa. Right. Which seemed really out of place because it's like he's talking about a game that he very clearly even mentions a very specific one that he obviously played 17 years ago. Yeah. Right. So it's a lot of people played a video game 17 years ago. Let's face it. Right. So that's I saw that a lot of conversation focusing on that. Not a, not as much conversation, interestingly, focusing on the fact that what he did was actually very bizarre and it yeah. very much looked like a person playing a video game like he let go of the wheel to do that yeah he let the the track wall guide him yeah and and i think i think what's interesting about the the gamecube 2005 i mean um nascar 2005 on gamecube thing is not so much i mean it, it's that he had been thinking about this potentially <laughs> for 17 years yeah and there was like now's the time i'm gonna try it I think it can work right now. Yeah, it's it's the sort of thing a lot of people do in in the video games, you know, in general. Oh, yeah. It's it's also worth pointing out that there there unfortunately or or you know, un, I would say unfortunately are not actually enough NASCAR video games. They don't consistently make one every year, and yeah. sometimes when they do make one, it's uh, uh, the, the rights uh, change hands so frequently, too frequently. The developers change up. Nobody, no developer has ever gotten comfortable embodying NASCAR as a as a game. Sometimes the NASCAR games are too simulation-y, and sometimes they're more arcadey. So a lot of people were asking me, why do you think this guy latched on to NASCAR 2005? And I'm like, I don't know. It's the one he played that he liked. It's the one he played when he was eight years old, probably. It's yeah. the one he had. Yeah. It's yeah. the last one that was released for the GameCube. Maybe that was his last console. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, usually there's, I mean, he's not he's not an F1 driver, so he uh, he might not own uh, the mo the latest hardware, you know. Right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, there's a lot to be said about NASCAR. There's a whole lot to be said about NASCAR in general. A, a lot of what a NASCAR driver. I'm wearing a NASCAR shirt right now, so y'all can't see it, but I'm wearing one. Uh, a lot of what a NASCAR driver, uh, NASCAR driver's experience is based in the real world actual driving the nascar races where there are way too many races and they race a whole lot of them and uh they're just always out there and it's generally a similar track every time kind of makes it more of a more of a game more of a sport more of a, a a codified thing than a lot of the f1 tracks again with the very creative level designs there whereas uh nascar is more of a fighting game style thing Speaking right. of which, I'm a little worried about what happens when somebody else tries it or the next time a person tries it. Is it going to And it goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to cause like a million car pile up over there? Because uh, uh, the history of sports is uh, fraught with uh, uh, disruptors that the entire uh, the entire world of that sport uh, adjusts and adapts usually pretty quickly. Yeah. Like Tiger Woods was uh, unheard of when he appeared. Uh, the records he was setting, the the way he was playing the game and uh now we've got like maybe 30 or 40 tiger woods in in golf right, right. so it's uh 
So, in other words, that wall is about to get a little bit, uh, a little bit hotter. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> going to be some tire tracks on that. Oh, thing. I, I wonder. I, I, I don't know if we have the the data yet, but I wonder if the price of this game has gone up. Yeah, oh, yeah. I actually just looked that up. It's uh, thirty three dollars now, which is interesting for oh, uh, NASCAR two thousand five. Well, I don't know what to compare that to. Was it not that a week ago? I can't imagine it was. It's a 2005 NASCAR let's, game. Let's check out price oh, chart. Unfortunately, it's not. Uh, it's not a an, an item of a hot uh, activity on StockX, so you can't look at you can't look at the sale history uh, uh, from a couple of weeks ago. I just want to state uh, clearly for anyone who is a serious NASCAR watcher uh, listening to this show, as I know there's likely a few. No, I do not think everyone is going to be scraping the wall from now on. All right. uh, I think it's going to remain a curio. It's not going to become a thing. Um, it's interesting that it happened, but uh, and if if you saw this and you thought for a moment, well, that's weird, uh, and then it, and it made you a little curious about the sport of NASCAR, maybe check it out. There's a, there's other things that are easily as interesting as that happening uh, quite frequently. Um, they're just not as as uh, easy to blurbify on a social media post. I'd like to revisit that on a future episode, like the cool game stuff in NASCAR. According to uh, price charting, this game has been bouncing up and down, but bouncing up and down between 5 and $10 for the last uh, almost 10 years. And it is on one of the upswings, but it's like on an upswing from an average of 881 to an average of 966. So, uh, but it's, when you look at the chart, the-, the Still counts. The real significant boost that you see is when the pandemic started, which I think it, it like brought the lowest part higher. But I think everything shows that trend around there. I think that's fair. I also want to say NASCAR 2005 is is a, is one of the good NASCAR games. Oh. Uh, I played it on the PS2. NASCAR Chase for the Cup, it's called. Yeah. Uh, try that one. That's it's it's a it's a legit one. So Jaffe, I have a dumb question. If you want, if you want a break, I have a good one. Sure. All right, uh, let, let, let's go into general here in our Discord here. I'm going to paste paste an image. This is a dartboard I love by it. a company mm -hmm. called Arachnid, and uh, it plugs into your wall, and then mm -hmm. it has a, an AV cable to plug into your TV. Mm -hmm. And your TV, as you can see, uh, keeps score on your like dart game. TV. It looks like, looks like up to four players. Yeah. Question for the room. Is this a video game console? Huh. Oh, very good question. I don't think so because I don't think Darts Live is an arcade game. Um, Darts Live it, like has a lot of these elements and stuff. I think it is a it's like a a video assisted darts game. Like bowling isn't a video game console because it has a screen that shows you the stuff, right? So I, I think that I think it's not. But I guess the fact that it plugs into your TV makes it a little different. It's like it's, it's a home thing now. Yeah, does that change it? The fact that it converts your TV into a scoreboard, that would suggest that any sport played with a Jumbotron was also a video game. That would suggest that the bottom the bottom screen of the Nintendo DS is a separate video game console from the top screen in some games. Uses a separate processor. That is true. I'll change this up. Imagine. So okay. the, the, we don't know how this works. It looks like it just kind of keeps score. What if the TV presented like new rules and mechanics mm. to you, right? What if the TV mm -hmm. was like, you have 10 seconds to score 50 points, go. Is that a video game? I think that turns into an interactive board game. Because it's still, it's still like 
all stuff that darts live does but less um yeah so that's to me if darts live is not an arcade game which i would say i don't know maybe it's hard when there's a physical component like is a dark castle or whatever it's called what is it called dark tower mm-hmm. the board game that had like the had a little screen and it told you what to do and it, and it you know what i'm talking about an electronic game not a video game yeah so so i think this might be an electronic game not a video game even though it has video well, it's not because the, the the differentiator is video it's settled law on this podcast that a pinball machine is not a video game uh pinball machines do have electronic screens that change up the rule sets as you play yeah so okay. this would be closer to our pinball definition than our video game definition Mm-hmm. Okay. I would agree. I think that's fair. Like a pinball machine is an elaborate video game controller, and you're right. hitting buttons that affect the logic that is displayed on a, a video. The, the scoreboard, yeah. Right. 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 Okay. That is that is a good argument. I like it's that. A t- it's a tough Thank one, you. though. It's, it's certainly not like a, I don't feel cut and dry about it. Uh, yeah, it's interesting enough to certainly bring to the board today. Thank you for oh, your contribution. Okay, okay. Oh, here's a question. Okay. Yes. I like the little white TV they got. Here's the here's the reason that I looked this up. Okay, Arachnid, the 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 creator of this, um, was a Nintendo licensee that never shipped a product. But wow. what they were going to ship was this exact thing, except that your Nintendo was the computer and the display. Is that a video game? Oh, if it hooks to your Nintendo Entertainment System, mm-hmm. it, I, isn't it then a game peripheral? Sure. Mm. At that point, is it a game controller that is playing well, a no, video like, game? Does it does it have a cart? Would it have had a cartridge? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. Then I then I think it's a it's a game with a peripheral. Then probably. Yeah, it's point. like gyromite at that point. Yeah, if it's got a cartridge, then so yeah. the the difference is that where the computer lies, moving from the actual board into a Nintendo makes it a game. Yeah, I mean, like if the if if whatever the the processing is happening on the the board of the 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 physical object then i think that because like is the vcr light gun thing whatever that was called video master whatever it was is that a video game i don't think so no uh because the the uh, logic is not displayed on on the video output video output is just a video um you do see the 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 flashes with the with the the square of of the hitting area i thought don't you? Yeah, but the score is external. Like the 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 video part is just a uh, well. Okay, that's that's a good point actually. Like because it is affected by the video, right? Yeah. Like hmm. the, the flashing and then the square. Yeah, you are controlling. You are directly manipulating the video signal. Does that make it a video game? Right. Good question. <laughs> if uh, if I'm playing, uh, you know, Mario Golf with my friend, and uh, just as they're about to hit the ball for the winning putt uh, i turn the tv off to mess up their timing and then i win the game meaning that i just won a game by pressing a button does that make the tv remote control a video game controller (laughs) (laughs) oh that's a good question uh, what what about if uh <laughs> <laughs> what if i cut off the power to the house in that moment? yeah is, does, is does my that... breaker box a video yeah your game breaker game box controller. is now a video game controller <laughs> that's right yeah exactly well no 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 because the video game because you like then you can't turn the video game back on and have one 
Mm. Like I would then uh, turn yeah. the video game back on. My friend is now one stroke over and not going to win. You know, we're talking the 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 putt on the 18th hole here. That's that's very conditional. But uh um all right, we're out of time. So final gut check. Is this a video game? Well, uh as a famous philosopher once said, anything can be anything under the right circumstances. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm going with no. Going with no. Also going no. Uh fine, I guess I'll go no. But I don't agree with Brandon's take on the Nintendo version becoming a video game then. That's fair. Yeah, that's also fair. All you're saying is like the whether it's a video game is dependent on where the CPU lives. So if the CPU was just a box outside of the dartboard, is that now a video game console? No. No. But it is if it's in a Nintendo? It, it's not a it's not a console it's a peripheral for the nintendo then because like since it relies on the nes to display things then it is a peripheral for that game so console. this is not a peripheral for okay because the cpu has because the the logic part of this has no other function other than this one game it's not a video yeah. game console so is pong not a video game console you know i've i've had a I've, I've I've weighed on both sides of that issue, and I feel like Pong is is more like an electronic toy because it does one thing. Okay, so mm. Odyssey is not the first video game console. But Odyssey, couldn't you you could swap out the cartridge with the? Uh, well, we need to think about this more. Is is a Taito's Dencha de Go plug and play a video game console? Yeah, the plug and play. I was wondering if we were going to get to plug and play. This is a plug and play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a. That's a tough one. I don't feel like they're game consoles, but I I might be being in my own weird semantics jungle. Even the ones that have like 40 games built in? Right. Um because they're I feel like there's something else. I feel like plug and play is its own thing. Like a So is an Xbox Series S then not a video game how console? How many games must a box build in <laughs> before it becomes a console? No, you can you can download things to that. You can get more games and and do more things with it. Okay, I, I consider that a platform, not a console. Interesting. Yeah, I I mean, like, I don't really think that the Genesis Mini is a console. No. Okay. Because it's 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 a it's a black box that has X number of things on it, and it can't be changed. I don't know. Uh, but this, you know, this this is me getting into a weird zone. I have one more thing to say about our past topic, though, which is that I just found. Nintendo GameCube rare Walmart cover art variant NASCAR 2005 ch chance for the cup or chase for the cup uh, 120 bucks. All right. Not bad. <laughs> Collector's so market go. on the rise. And I just yeah. want to say attention to go plug and play is uh, is not a video game console, but it is a video game. And so is uh, Kenshin Dragon Quest. So I think that's fair. I Let's love a video game. Ruminate on that some more as we take a quick break. We'll be right back after uh, some beverages are exchanged. Okay, I'm going to get some more water. B and R and B. All right. I am going to get some carbonated water uh, with some added ingredients. Uh, going to get a diet coke. Mm, I see. All right. Welcome back to Insert Credit. It's time for us to return to Violence Island. everybody's favorite segment where we take submissions on forums.insertcredit.com of different video game characters and personalities decide who would win in a fight between them 
and then pit those winners against each other until one champion emerges who we then ban from the island until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Our first match today is Raiden from Metal Gear Rising Revengeance versus Bahamut from Final Fantasy X. I was kind of hoping it was going to be the other, like Raiden from Mortal Kombat. No, that's Raiden. That is Raiden. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Raiden versus Raiden. Good you know what? I- I'm uh, yeah. making an executive decision. This fight is Raiden versus Raiden now. Oh, nice. Yeah. Get out of here, Bob. No, that's okay. So Metal Gear Solid Raiden versus Metal Gear. Sorry, versus Mortal Kombat. Raiden. Mortal Kombat. Raiden. Raiden. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Raiden's a god mm-hmm. of a sort, but he fights like dudes. Yeah, yeah. He 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 can't be. He I think he can be killed and stuff. He's just he just is a god manifestation or something. Maybe he's an avatar of a god. I'm not really sure. Um, played by Christopher Lambert sometimes, which is right. cool. That's the first thing I thought about. Played too. by James Remar as well. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, if you want another guy, mm-hmm. if you want another top quality dude playing your guy. Um, remind me what's up with um, Raiden from Metal Gear Solid because I, I didn't, don't play this. He got swords. Swords. He's sneaky. He's the main character of Metal Gear Solid 2. He's the one that people got mad at because he wasn't the big tough man snake. Uh, he was a blonde, uh, you know, younger man. People were mad. And then in Metal Gear Solid 4, he uh, it's revealed that he had cybernetic implants and became the toughest dude in the universe. And then he has a whole side game where he's the toughest dude in the universe. That, and that's the Revengeance, uh, right? Some more. Yeah, that's Revengeance. Yeah. Yeah, okay, good. Just making sure I had the right guy. Um, a man whose life began with a twist, as we can call him. Um, so much like, you know, there's... There's the James Remar version of him, and there's also the Christopher Lambert version of him, yeah. and then there's also, uh, you know, there's a third version of him, which are which, uh, when, I don't know, though he's a man of many, uh, many faces, and you're getting the strongest version of him here. I, I know him from MK1 through 3, I don't really know the games past that, to be honest. How's Raiden MGS deal with electricity? Oh, he loves it. He loves it, yeah. right? That's what I thought. He loves the slot. He eats it for breakfast. Yeah. So, um, Raiden's attacks are very electrical based, though he can also, um... He also fly into you and, like, push you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. While yelling belligerently, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) My my favorite read on that was from Electronic Gaming Monthly at the time, which is, uh, your mom is from L.A., (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah very good very good and uh as as you may have seen in that manga i mean that anime i don't remember the name of with the with the child who likes video games um they also made speculations about what they were saying in japan because it also sounded like some things and then it of course turned out that it was just uh, a guy s- sort of ambiently racistly making up some things that he thought sounded japanese the end mm. Uh, so who who wins the fight? I don't know. <laughs> well, one guy's got a sword and can cloak. And the other one's kind of a god. So I feel like it's, this is a good match, actually. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Raiden could take on a god. He probably does in that game at some point. Take on a god. That seems like a thing. Uh, who, Revengeance Raiden? Yeah. Mostly just robots and politicians. Wait, which one's Raiden and which one's Raiden again? Raiden is Mortal Kombat. Raiden's yeah. Mortal Kombat. Raiden's yeah. Gear Rising. Yeah, Rising Raiden. Yeah, Raiden is made by people who uh, didn't know uh, right how to pronounce it. I mean, it just in my head, it's just I hear the 
guy from Mortal Kombat 1. Raiden. Yeah, Raiden. Raiden. Yeah, yeah Shang Tsung. Yeah. Oh, I guess that is him, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, right. yeah, he's the tournament uh, the yeah. benefactor. He's the one who says excellent because he's pleased. Flawless because, yeah. victory. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that uh, Raiden is um, kind of stiff, not very uh, ambidextrous in, in his fighting style. Oh, yeah. He's got no grace. And that uh, Raiden can kind of do anything. He twirled around. He could just jump on your back like a little monkey and start stabbing you. He's quite virtuosic, yeah. I'm, I'm going with Raiden God Powers myself. Um, having watched all the movies, he can do a lot more ah, stuff in there. yeah. And, uh, I mean, so, I don't know if he does a whole lot more stuff in the movies. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it. He talks a lot. He's a little lethargic. Uh, yeah, but he's also kind of like above it all lethargic because of the God Powers. I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning on that side now, Tim. It's up to you. Oh, okay. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. It's real fun to. I mean, I, I think we needed to pick. We need to pick a, ra- a a Raiden. Like, which one of the Raidens is the Raiden here? I need to know. Is it movie Raiden? Is it movie one Raiden? I'm saying uh, probably Mortal Kombat 11 Raiden. All right. Mortal Kombat 11 is uh, is a grotesque video game with uh, That's right. some horrible, over the top, hilarious violence. Yeah. And it contains my favorite ever instance of uh, our Roman numerals. Uh, uh, because it's uh, it's it's actually just two it's it's two ones which looks like an eleven uh, and then it makes all these references to Mortal Kombat two which is very fun nice because it looks like the Roman numeral for two where the first two Mortal Kombat the first second Mortal Kombat had a two instead of, or it had a Roman numeral I think that's fun before mm-hmm. they switched to regular numerals I'm just trying to I'm just Solve thinking here. you're stalling yeah uh. I don't really care either way. I mean, <laughs> so uh, just just uh, just go for it. Yeah, I, we don't, mean, I don't care about anything, but I still I answer the question. You're probably more of a riding myself, Tim. I would say. You mean I don't know? I I, I like a lot of elements from both the, the Metal Revengeance isn't my. Uh, it's one of those video games I get too many people asking me to talk about. Yeah. Yo, say some stuff about Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. And I'm like, I don't, I mean, okay, someday maybe. It sure is a cool game, uh, but I would just rather not talk about it. So let's just say that Raiden wins. Nice. All right. And it's not a flawless victory. No, no. No. This is hard one. Two thirds of a victory, yeah. Okay. Our next match is Augustus Coltrane Cole from Gears Mm -hmm. of War Mm -hmm. versus a mutant football league team. Oh. The entire team. Okay. Cole's got a gun, dude. Yeah, he does have a gun. Yeah, he's got a gun with a chainsaw on it. And you know what? Mutant League football is some garbage, pale kids nonsense. <laughs> no offense to it. Uh, you know, I, I I have this thing where I I play a lot of old video games, right? I think we all do. I have that. There, thing. there's people out there, right? Uh, I don't know if you knew this. There's people out there like us who play who uh, played a lot of video games a long time ago, but they didn't keep playing them. And when they look back at video games that they played in the past, they then come away with the colloquialism that they bring to the bar or the pizza party or the baby shower. This colloquialism that, oh, don't never look back at the old video games, dude. This never look back mentality. Those people are the kinds of people who prior to obtaining the never look back mentality would, if asked, say their favorite video game was Mutant League Football. Back in the day, we played Mutant League Football, dude. The game's not very good. 
I played it very recently. Not very good. Uh, it's got uh, a whole bag of problems. Those football players, uh, we were we were just sold a game that was extreme, that had a big old wild, tough football players who die on the field. You know, they die on the field. That's their that's the special sauce of mutant league football that your players can die on the field and not come back. Literally, that is a bullet point selling point on the box that they can die during the game, right? So you're saying the gimmick is not that they can kill, it's that they can die. One of their gimmicks is that they can die, yeah. The dying is sold over <laughs> the killing. No joke. So in other words, Coltrane's got a god darn gun. Yeah. And, and there's and, a level and he's going up against a team of, of of mutants who are engineered to die. To die. <laughs> yeah, and he has in fact uh shot some dudes and made them die many times. And those dudes Georgie Porchy putting in pie. Also had guns. Right. Right. Whereas like possibly some of the people on the Mutant League team, having played in the Mutant League, have killed through tackling or whatever, right? Yeah. They have never faced uh, a Marcus Phoenix type exactly. situation with a giant yeah. gun. Yeah, if I don't. They, I don't think there's any question. If here. they want to kill Cole Train by tackling, they have to the finish line. Get there first, if you know what I mean. They have to get there first, and they're not going to get to him. Or where's this battle occurring in an open field? It's Violence Island. Island. <laughs> the, and just an open, breezy field in the middle of Violence Island. I think we say it's pretty <laughs> open, but you know you can get to into some foliage if you really want to. Yeah. Football players have explosiveness. They occasionally have maneuverability. You know they're most comfortable in in open fields. Uh, you know it, the 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 more into a jungle we go here, the less suited a football player's physique is to uh, close quarters combat. So I would say you know they, they rely a lot on momentum and speed. And at that point, Coltrane's got a goddamn gun, and he's used to using cover. That's his whole thing. I gotta say, I don't see I don't see the death on the back of the box here. Uh, I oh, you're to... not supposed to look at the back of the box. You're supposed to just. <laughs> That's supposed to fact check these things. You're supposed to just things. believe Tam. Come on. I was just, I was just really <laughs> curious about it, but it does say you oh. can throw TNT at the halftime marching band. <laughs> yeah, that's the kind of thing that the uh, people who made a uh, mutant league football thought was funny. Uh, kill the marching band. <laughs> oh, how hilarious! Yes. You know that's what video games need to do. They need to take geeks down a peg. Yeah. All right. Our next match is. Ty the Tasmanian Tiger versus Crash Bandicoot. First of all, is it Ty or T-Y? Uh, I played that whole game and I don't know. Uh, it's Ty. <laughs> it's Ty. It's Ty. But the, it's, it's just the letters are very uppercased. Um, there's, they, they look very... It's because it's yelling, it's a, Ty! Uh, it's, a little, it's a little bit of a typographic mishap. I like the voice acting in Ty the Tasmanian Tiger because it's all Australian, right? Where Crash mm -hmm. Bandicoot doesn't have a voice. Yeah. You know what? Tie the Tasmanian Tiger 60 FPS. Well, some oh. some uh, Crash Bandicoots are. I think the the reason I give the the le the edge to Crash Bandicoot is he was in a lot more games. He uh he really made it through a lot more trials. He doesn't have boomerang though. That's true. He doesn't. He doesn't have a boomerang. He doesn't have an in-air chomping attack that can. Wait, isn't wasn't that Kai the Kangaroo? Wait, did I make that up? Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. There's. <laughs> 
There's three Tie the Tasmanian Tiger games. There is a kangaroo, right? Who is Cow the Kangaroo? Yeah, yeah Cow the Kangaroo. That's a different game, dude. I know. I just I I was thinking that that's who had the the boomerang. Does does Ty have one too? Wait, maybe Cow it's doesn't a kangaroo. even have one. He's Australian. Come on, of course. Yeah, do you really need to ask? You know how many <laughs> refunds would be demanded if he didn't have a boomerang? No, he's he's the. I'm saying Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. He doesn't need to. Have he's got a ton of boomerangs. He's got yeah. an aquarang, a blastorang, a blazerang, a blizzerang. All right, sorry. But a blazerang? Yeah, yeah blazerang. Whoa. My Tasmanian Tiger ignorance is is really being tested it's here. Really, I, just I don't know what to think about you. But I am I am realizing that I 100% put the Tasmanian Tiger and uh, cow the kangaroo they um, do look similar. covers together in my mind uh, they should look realizing. different they should look more different than they do um though it turns out a lot of us don't really know what a tasmanian tiger is <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. uh, you know you can be excused we don't they don't really they don't really show those at the local zoo they keep them in the back room for the for the real weirdos to come take a look at by appointment only can you can you see the Tasmanian tiger in the local zoo? So, like, tie the Tasmanian tiger and Tasmanian tigers in general remind me a lot of the genre of 3D platformer video games uh, because there's uh, not a whole lot of people can name a whole lot of them, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're, we think of them as a genre. Is it really a genre? Is it? I mean, sort of. Was there ever a heyday? Maybe. They were kind of everywhere in the ps2 era but i don't feel like you feel like people just had the one that they got from their grandparents and then that's it so i i recently went in and and did a real deep dive on a whole bunch of ps2 era 3d platforming games and uh had myself a very good time uh but most of the games were not not what you would ever want to play in the future um but if you look at youtube videos of any of them the, the top comment is this needs a remaster right so and it's from those people who like mutant league football you know but it's also it's also like on the top of every song that has like seven million views the the top voted comment is is someone going who's listening to this in 2022 no it's somebody going i don't care what anyone else says i like this song yeah, well, I'm talking like <laughs> gameplay, gameplay footage of like Brave Legend of Spirit Dancer or Search for yeah. Spirit Dancer or like Vex for PS2. Where the top comment is like, "This was, I don't care what anyone says. This was the best video game ever made, and nobody talks about it, and it drives me crazy." And it has like 104, you know, views. So it's it's the opposite of that. Yeah, I guess that's the opposite. So there's, uh, in, in other words, that was the one game that person had. So what I'm saying is, Ty the Tasmanian Tiger is hungry, and he has a boomerang, mm-hmm. and he speaks with an Australian accent, like mm-hmm. an old man. He sounds like an old man. Crash Bandicoot, what does he do? Run toward the screen? <laughs> Come on, He buddy. runs away from it as well. <laughs> no, running toward the screen is what he's famous for. Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, he's got a boomerang. He's got a doomerang. He's doomerang. got a kaboomerang. Yeah, and uh, I really... just don't see how Crash competes with that arsenal. Well, he he spins spins him away. He spins him away. He's invincible when he spins. Yeah, well, he's invincible. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna tell you what. It's quite possible to die in a Crash Bandicoot. You could just spin off a ledge. Uh, yeah, by spinning off a ledge or touching a monster. Those games are pretty rough. Whereas Ty the Tasmanian Tiger, he can move in three dimensions and rotate the camera. So I mean, I don't know. Yeah, right. I I think the boomerangs. 
the, the various boomerang types kind of do it. Yeah, I want to give it to Ty. More than the boomerangs, it's the hunger. He's hungry because yeah. he's not famous. That's true. And, uh, like, I think he's a real killer. He's using he, them to hunt, as was their original intention. You got to look at that. You got to look out for that guy. That's all I'm saying. All right. Our next match is Tommy Versetti versus Mr. Rossetti. Who's Tommy Versetti? Main character of Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Oh, yeah. right. Voiced by Ray Liotta. Well, Mr. Rossetti can talk you to death. Uh, well, ever since uh, he can remember, uh, Tommy Versetti wanted to be a gangster. That's true. Because he's voiced by Ray Liotta. The only function of Rossetti is to chew you out, right? Like, he doesn't do anything else. Yeah, yeah, he'll talk you to death. It's to make children cry so that Shigeru Miyamoto doesn't. Yeah. Okay. As I said in my uh, something I did. So we don't recently. think he's capable of like resetting the world or anything like that. As far as no. we know, he just no. he knows when the world has been reset. Yeah, he so, monitors the reset. And he, com- he complains about it. He does so- have some knowledge uh, beyond our conception of reality. But he doesn't have a gun. Mm, that's true. <laughs> yeah, the tank got no gun. You can't shoot him if he's talking to you, and he can talk forever. That's true. That's a good point. He, talk, he talks for a long time, for a couple of minutes, but he can't actually take action. He's yeah. just there to discourage you. It's really just a standoff. Like, is he going to continue talking? And, like, as soon as he stops talking, he's dead. Yeah, it'll be a long, really boring battle that he'll lose. He's, yeah. he's a traumatizing <laughs> presence uh, who uh, uh, fires off when you might or might not think... Uh, that uh, you pulled one over on the game. Like if you reset the game because you didn't like an item that you spent a bunch of money on, uh, he's there to yell at you, but he can't take action. No. He's just there to yell at you to let you know that Nintendo knows that Shigeru Miyamoto is crying in his chair. Yeah. He doesn't start talking until you've reached a trigger point near him. So with a long distance, you know, grenade throw. No, or he something. pops out of the ground right in front of your house yeah, as soon he, as you come out of your house. He's right there. Oh, you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay. it is. It is actually somewhat traumatizing to hear to encounter Rossetti the first time, but it's also somewhat traumatizing to just uh, run over your first pedestrian on accident <laughs> in a Grand Theft Auto game. True. In the year 2001. So there's there's kind of a deep there's a deep little uh, kind of a you know, emotional nugget attached to both of these characters. Um, Tommy Versetti being the first Grand Theft Auto uh, protagonist that had a name and a voice and a script and story agency and whatever, you know. Somebody's anyway, going to yell th- at I me. Think he wins. The, the, Versetti. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to win because he's, he's Ray Liotta. He's not going to let some guy... Uh, he's, Tommy, he, he's not going to let some guy tell him what's up. Some, some ineffectual bureaucrat. That's what Rossetti is. He's a goddamn bureaucrat. He's a dirtbag. It's weird. He's like worse than a landlord. He's like a guy doing like a landlord's job for a quote unquote job for free. He's a, he's, he's a property manager. Uh, yeah. But he's, yeah, he's an enthusiast, a hobbyist <laughs> property manager. Yeah. What a loser. A lower scum than Tom Nook. It's a uh, real fun Easter egg that he's, uh, he's, if you, you can find him in the new Animal Crossings and he's just depressed because. There's no reset button on the consoles anymore. It's very funny. <laughs> Here is our semifinals. Uh, we got Mortal Kombat's Raiden versus the Coltrane. Oh. Uh, can't he, like, deflect bullets with his sword, probably, right? Uh, no, that's Raiden. Mortal, yeah, we're, we're oh, Mortal Kombat Raiden. Oh, oh, did Raiden? Well, Raiden won because of Tim. Okay. Um, I mean, he can electrocute Steph. He, he can electrocute the bullets. <laughs> Then they're, they're, but wait, by video game rules, those bullets become more tough. Yeah, but his opponent's mom is from L.A., so does that factor in? <laughs> yeah, good question. 
<laughs> That's a good question, yeah. <laughs> Raiden god powers, I guess. You're just going to... Uh, he doesn't seem impervious to bullets, but it does seem like he can easily avoid bullets. Does that seem right? Here, here's what I think. Uh, because he can be killed in Mortal Kombat, but he always comes back. Like, he's never permanently dead. So I think that Coltrane could win, but then Raiden is not dead anymore. He's not dead. He just lost. Mm-hmm. Like, the, bull- the bullets will shoot him and kill him. But yeah, then Raiden, he's... Raiden does lose from time to time. Yeah. I've seen him lose. I, but I don't know. It could go either way. That's just what my instinct is telling me right now. Like, my little brother refused to play as any character in Mortal Kombat except Raiden, and uh, he refused to do anything but the Your Mom is from LA move. And he lost every time. Yeah. Because all you need to do is learn how to counter that one move. Here's what I'll say Curtis Stryker in the Mortal Kombat series has a pistol that he uses Mm -hmm. as, like, an attack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) E-I-E-I-O. Exactly. So guns can hurt Mortal Kombat characters. And Mm -hmm. uh, those guns in the Mortal Kombat games are fired very slowly Mm -hmm. compared to the the breakneck pace of the Coltrane's gun. So I don't know, man. I don't know. I think we can have Coltrane win. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm good with that, yeah. Raiden's just not dead. He just he just got fatality. He got sawed in half with the fatality that got used, and then um, he may be back he, to the island someday. Then he went back to his his island mountaintop, and he was like, "Whoops." The end. Ty the Tasmanian Tiger versus Tommy Versetti. Oh, interesting. Guns versus boomerangs. Yeah, but many boomerangs. I think Ty the Tasmanian Tigers. I think that guy's got he's got something wrong with him, man. <laughs> There's something wrong with that guy. Yeah. I've played those games, dude. Think he's unhinged? He could he could kill any Raiden. Y'all know about that Chrono Rang? Have I brought up the Chrono Rang yet? Oh, uh, yeah, is that yeah. time based? Yeah, he's got time boomerangs. Alright. Oh okay. my god. That's pretty good. For the last like year I've been just like like walking into every game stop in New York and just like telling a guy that uh Ty the Tasmanian Tiger is better than Banjo Kazooie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's that opinion's gonna be like video game canon in a couple years. So yeah, be ready for it. You're Johnny do, they, do, they, uh, do, do the people that you see there in twenty twenty two go what and then who? <laughs> no man, you would you'd be surprised by how many like uh how many zoomers no banjo kazooie for some unfathomable reason why do they know it they call them zoomers because they're big kazooie fans oh that's right kazoomers the sort of guy who ends up having a lot of children is like a guy who like it's like literally the dude who thought banjo who got banjo kazooie instead of super mario 64 yeah i mean whatever it's, it's it's a guy who's having children until one of them likes the Nintendo 64 and then he, he, can he make never play. he he played banjo kazooie was his first video game he decided oh this hobby sucks i'm going to have some kids uh and then uh, <laughs> tells his kids about banjo it's the only game kicking around the house and his whole brood of children plays it the whole brood jerry uh yeah i have a Sad very sorry i have a very vivid memory of my family having a bunch of people over <laughs> And they were talking about old video games like Pong. And mm-hmm. they asked me, what's the hot new video game right now? Tell me what the video game is. And Banjo-Kazooie had just come out. <laughs> so oh, I, yeah. I attempted to explain this game to these 50-year-olds. and uh, It's a bear and a bird. who. It like, was a real uh, surreal time. 
who just trade horribly written insults with like a mole and a witch. And they probably thought forever that like that was the. That's what video games are. It's it's like how how my my mom uh, knows of Mist as a game on the Jaguar CD. <laughs> well, that rules. All right. <laughs> Our final match is Augustus Coltrane. Cole versus Ty the Tasmanian Tiger. Shoot. Shoot is right. Yeah, that's what he does. It's kind of like Hawkeye or Green Arrow rules, right? Where it's like he can just like throw a boomerang that does something stupid. He could throw a world-ending boomerang. Yeah, I <laughs> he guess. He could, yeah. Like, he's, got a, he's got a chrono rang, which is... That's called I, the uh, the doomerang. Yeah, that is the world-ending boomerang, yes. I was going to say... I was, initially, I was going Coltrane, but now that I know he's got a... A chronorang. I'm thinking if he can control time at all, uh, then un- unless Coltrane shoots him in the back first, I think I think it's it's a. Uh, I don't know, but maybe he can't throw a boomerang as fast as Coltrane can shoot bullets. That seems very likely. That is true. Like maybe maybe Ty throws the boomerang, gets killed by the bullets, and then time reverses itself. Oh uh, well, maybe would just, does that does he come back to life if that happens? Hmm. Interesting question. Well, uh, Cole has regenerating health. Remember that. Yes, but he needs a teammate to revive him if he gets too low. That's true. Which yeah. he doesn't have here. I mean, I've never played or even seen uh, Ty in action, but I just imagine that, like, if he touches water, he just goes ah and dies. So <laughs> no, he swims. He swims, <laughs> dude. He swims. Okay. Oh, yeah, he's boy. not only that. He has special water, uh, specific boomerangs. Yeah. So. I mean, he's got it's... an aqua rank. Okay, but maybe like a snail walks up and touches him and he goes, eh, and he dies. He, he can take a couple of hits. Okay. But I see All what right. you're saying. I know I know what you're saying. Um, I have decided in this late hour I don't want to give it to Ty because one of his boomerangs is a crypto rang, and uh. I feel like he should be penalized for that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that's his fault, though. I know what you mean. Yeah, it pre- predated the that stuff by the, quite the a word bit. existed before yeah yeah, yeah we we used that word to just mean like codes and puzzles i'm, I'm mm. watching a video of ty and he he is a he is a dude with a tude but i don't know about no 60 fps yeah i was i was making that part up hd version for switch here i'm just passing right. around oh yeah there is that isn't there um i just saw him walk on water oh boy yeah. this really opens up a can of worms here it sure does Tyler the Tasmanian Tigers, he's, he's bonkers. 60 FPS, dude. I think we got... Think <laughs> well, we the Switch, the Switch version has HD rumble. Mm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay. he, looks like a, he looks like a dork. He's dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think it's probably Coltrane. Yeah, it's okay. going to be Coltrane. Who cares? It's Coltrane. Coltrane is our winner at the last second. Congratulations. You can't stop the Coltrane. Uh, we went way over time on this, so I think we'll go right into our lightning round. That wasn't the lightning round? No. (laughs) (laughs) That's my joke about that. This week's lightning run was submitted on our dirtbag page at patreon.com slash insert credit by listener Yeso. The challenge, guess the game based on its zero out of 10 Metacritic user review. These are all popular, more or less recent games as Yeso describes them. Game number one. I give this game the worst possible score because it essentially scams the consumer by calling itself a remake despite actually being a sequel. Or the Final Fantasy VII remake. That's correct. Yep. Point yep. to tip. How is that a scam? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I, yeah, good. You can really. That's a real good question for a later time. Yeah. Uh, that's, I guess, spoilers for anybody. Uh, the Final Fantasy VII remake very well could have just been called Final Fantasy VII too. In fact, if they would have called it that, it probably would have gone over a lot better with a lot of people. Yeah. Number two. This is how the gameplay works. You delivering stuff to a hologram, cutscenes, repeat. That's Death Stranding. Death Stranding, yeah, that's, that's correct. That's Death Stranding. Game number three. Mm-hmm. Characters, 10 out of 10. Story, 10 out of 10. Graphics, 10 out of 10. Battles, 10 out of 10. Ending, 0 out of 10. Mass Effect Call- 3. Yeah. <laughs> no, keep uh, going, cor- keep going. Uh, Call Club Grind, 1.5 hour of useless gameplay. Wow. Call Club Grind? What? That's, that's what it says in the review. Oh, okay. So I think they're trying to say you have to grind a lot, but they like the gameplay. They just don't like the ending. Club Is, Grind. Isn't Club Grind a game? Call Club Grind. Club Grind. Oh, you can't Google during this. Was that actually a spoiler? No, no, I I, I have no idea, but if... Uh, <laughs> you... <laughs> All right, well, yeah. I didn't see anything, but I'll, I'll, I'm out, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what this is. Um, I'm gonna guess it's like, man, hated the ending. I don't know, Bayonetta three. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty recent. I think that people came like out. the characters, the story, but not the ending, and they call yeah. Club Grind 1.5 hours of gameplay of useless gameplay. Yes. Um, I don't know, Last of Us Part Two. Uh, that was Yakuza Zero. Oh, interesting. All right. Uh, what does Call okay. Club Grind mean? I don't know. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a song by an artist called X-Ray Dog called Club Grind. It has 407 <laughs> views on YouTube as of That's probably it. It's been 5 years now and yeah. And that's, that's Frank's it. recommendation for this week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm listening to it right now. I, I heartily do not recommend <laughs> Club Grind by All X-Ray right. Dog. Game 4. EA, do you really put this game to $60 and microtransactions too? God, besides this is just a replay year by year. Damn it, EA. Uh, FIFA, whatever the current year is. Uh, that's correct. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next game. We need equal values and opportunities for all players on the island. My wife is the first player, which is great, but I do not want to wait for her progress. At the same time, Animal I do not want for her... Horizons. Yeah, that's the one. No. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for it to finish, but everybody yeah. knew what that no, was. No, you, you can get that in. But I, I, I enjoyed the... Uh, the um, particularity of that review i do not wish to wait for my wife (laughs) yeah Yeah, nobody likes to wait for their wife my dog is just yelling what's he yelling at bippity come here loves the lightning around come here buddy come here bippy come here you know what calms down a a savage beast is uh, some x-ray dog that's true yeah Yeah, i call it club grind somebody's creeping around in the hall or something because they're they're just they're just yelling i'm sorry it's like they're yelling so much It sounds funny on this end, at least. It's probably annoying over there, but... The, the little boy dog is very funny sounding. Yeah. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. He, the little one, he goes... <laughs> oh, very, very good bark. It's, it's actually it's, it's actually very low volume uh, as well. It's like when I'm walking him and he just like like yanks the leash to go... It sounds like, it sounds like a person pretending to be a dog. Very funny. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, I want to point out because the page is still open. Yeah. That um, uh, comments are turned off on uh, Club Grind by X-ray. Oh wow. Okay. Seven views. I, I, so. Turn them off too. Probably for the best. Okay. Next one. The game was supposed to combine Watch Dogs, GTA Five, and Watcher Three into the best game that we have ever seen. Obviously, wow. it, it isn't. Cyberpunk. That. Cyberpunk. Yeah, that's right. 
Cyberpunk 2077. I'm interested yeah. in playing Watcher 3, though. Yeah. Watcher! Watcher I started 3. looking up Watcher 3 and Google yeah. understood what I meant. What they meant. I didn't understand right. what they meant, but Google did. All right. Okay. Billions of free games with better bullet hell gameplay. And don't pester me about how it's story-based. If I wanted story, I would watch a movie or play a visual novel. Wait, what? What was the beginning? Uh, uh, billions bullet of hell with a story. It's that one game that I don't remember what it's called. Mmm. That one that, that that one that people say is like is like Undertale, except it's a shooting game, right? Uh, you're wrong. Well, I'll never okay, you mind. Bullet hell story. They'd play a visual novel if they wanted a story. I can't imagine, like, based on previous games, I don't. I believe this to still be like a very popular game because that's all we've had so far. It I, is. I, I, Oh, okay. Because I was going to say it could also describe Cinemora, which I worked on. <laughs> I mean, is it is it one of the Nears? It's not one of the Nears. Okay. Yeah, that was my first, my second instinct, but I knew it couldn't be. Tim, do you have a guess? No. It's Undertale. Oh, it is Undertale. Right. Yeah. All right. Sure. Uh, that's what I was going to say, and then I just didn't. So that's interesting. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Uh, the game is hard for the sake of it. Not actually that fun. The story is poorly told. The graphics are quite average. I really do not see what the hype is all about. Go play Devil May Cry or Dante's Inferno. Way better games. Is that Dark Souls? Oh. That's Dark Souls. I knew it. I wrote <laughs> that review. <laughs> I feel like you could make some of that rhyme and it would read like uh, Green Eggs and Ham. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. It's got a good cadence. I do not like it. Sam Iles. Uh, here's our last one. That game feels like a total knockoff of Sonic Adventures 1 and 2, because it is, and some of the game... Sonic Mania? Nope. Okay. And some of the gameplay feels like it ripped off Sonic Adventure as well. I'm surprised that those so-called critics have not noticed about it. And A Living Hat? I've never seen anything so dumb. <laughs> I was thinking Super Mario Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, Super Mario Odyssey, yeah. I did it first. <laughs> I don't know if I did. All right, uh, Tim, congratulations. You're our winner. That's your eighth host point. Oh. Banking him up. Only two more to go. Two more to go, and then something very interesting happens. And then we can have, uh, we can watch what happens. Uh. Okay, this is the point of the show where if you would like to recommend or plug something, go ahead and do that. I got a couple things. Um, right. One is, did I ever recommend Five Fingers for Marseille on here? I don't remember if I did. Even, even mm. if I didn't, I just was thinking about that movie again and how I think it's like, not that there's a lot of competition, but it's it's one of my top five Western movies in the last 10 years or so. Um, there haven't been that many good ones. But this one is uh, is is uh, filmed in Africa and in a whole bunch of different languages and is generally pretty cool. So if you got the opportunity to watch that and give it a look. Uh, another thing is just, it'd be a real great time for people to join the, the Patreon because when we get to 666 patrons, I want to do something really stupid and uh, cursed, and I hope that we I hope we can reach there. We're 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 round about 6:30 right now, so we we need 30 more listeners who never made the never made the the shift over to paid. Come on down. Um, I'm gonna reopen my promise that if you show me proof on Twitter, um, Alex Jaffe there. Uh, that you are a new or upgrading member of the Insert Credit Show Patreon. Uh, give me a dumb video game quote, and I might read it on the show. Yeah. To open an episode. I've done that a few times already. Nice. And that's it. That's what I got. Sounds fun. <laughs> um, I don't know if you're... I, uh, <laughs> like what, what, your, what your uncle says to you after, after uh, glancing up from the newspaper when you were, when you were talking for a long time. <laughs> yeah, that's, that was what they said after I described Banjo-Kazooie. <laughs> that's right. Oh, you got Kazoo being on him, yeah. 
Because <laughs> you, you um, beat him. I don't know. I just got back from Tucson. I really liked a store. So if you're ever oh, in like JoJo. Uh, Tucson or Vegas, uh, sorry, Vegas, Phoenix, if you're ever in any of those two areas, uh, there's a chain of stores called Bookman's. And it's like, imagine if half price books was really cool. Um, uh, and I imagine a, that all the time, by the way. Yeah, it would, it would be nice, right? It's there. It's in Arizona. Yeah. Um, this store is very well organized and the stock is incredible. And um, the video game sections in each store have a lot of really weird stuff. Um, oh, dude. That's what I like. A, there's a Mega Everdrive at one. Um, there was the Japanese version of Street Fighter 30th Anniversary at another. I'd never even seen that in real life. I should probably find oh, man, out. Did you I buy know. it and give it to me? You didn't. It's $200, so no. Oh, Jesus Lord, never mind. <laughs> um, what else? I bought um, a, a boxed copy of Deluxe Paint 2 for the Commodore Amiga because nice. um, I thought it was cool. It's like the software all the pixel artists use, and it's just kind of at this bookstore. Um, bunch of old computer stuff, uh, instruments. I don't know, like loose comic books everywhere for a dollar, and they're actually pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. I I went and uh, landed in Tucson. There were three Bookmans. I went to all three and uh, had some time to kill the next day. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to drive two hours to Phoenix and go look at the other ones. And, uh, oh, Bookmans that, in Phoenix. What, that's what I did, yeah. The, I've not crossed off the Flagstaff Bookmans uh, from the card yet, but I, I've done the other five. Oh, you got to go. You got to go back. I wasn't going to drive four hours to Flagstaff. I'll tell no. you what. I, uh, I I somewhat recently drove around an entire state to, uh, to go to all of the locations of a particular retail establishment uh, uh, just for a very tiny, tiny sliver of video footage. Uh, in a, in an ocean of video footage, so I, I I understand what it's like to uh, go to a whole bunch of retail places, drive two hours. Uh, you know, yeah. Let's just go ahead and say that's I did that too. I also drove two hours. If you know what I mean, I drove way too many hours. It was horrible. My back hurt so bad from all the driving. Um, I just want to say that I, I want everybody to know that Bookman's, officially known as Bookman's Entertainment Exchange, is the largest used book retailer based in Arizona. It was founded in 1976 <laughs> by Bob Oldfather. <laughs> are, are you seeing this? In the, I dropped it in the Discord. You know yes. Uh, it has one, it was, two, three, four references. It was founded in 1976 <laughs> by Bob Oldfather. <laughs> That's the coolest. That's that's the name you want on a dude on a bookstore. Found a bookstore. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, like, like I, I, he I is the bookman. It was bookman, but uh, Bookman is old father. Yeah, yeah, he's old, old father Bookman. <laughs> he's There's, old father Bookman. Yeah, I guess that's uh, yeah. yeah, man. You gotta love that kind of a last name. Uh, here are the recommendations that I have for you. Um, this is coming out on Monday, November seventh. Uh, tomorrow is election day if you're listening to this the day oh, yeah, drops. Vote. so if you're a united states citizen go ahead and vote that's important uh also a uh programming housekeeping update if you're used to listening to us on itunes uh you should go ahead and search for us again because the feed changed about six months ago so maybe you can get back on that train that way uh tell your friends who used to listen to this show that we're back on iTunes again. Uh, I also recommend that if you're listening to the show in any format where you can subscribe to or review podcasts, including iTunes, that you engage with us in that way to keep the algorithms pushing us upwards and forwards. You can go to patreon.com slash insert credit, where you could become a patron to submit your own topics 
listen to monthly bonus episodes, get other exclusive content, and closer to that all-important 666 number. Yeah. You can also join our community at forums.insertcredit.com or look for Insert Credit on YouTube or TikTok. We're on TikTok, I think. We're on TikTok, right? We are, but we haven't posted anything yet, but maybe by then we Maybe might soon. <laughs> uh, wishlist Demon School on Steam by Necrosoft. And yeah. while you're there, go ahead and wishlist Hyper Gun Sport on Steam by Necrosoft. And if you'd like another show to listen to, check out the Video Game History Hour with our very own Frank Zavaldi. This show is edited by Esper Quinn <laughs> with original music by Kurt Feldman. I'm Alex Jaffe. I'm Frank Zavaldi. I'm Tim Rogers. I'm Brandon Sheffield. And the big man ain't coming back yet. Big man. I like that the dog stopped right Yeah, right I like at that too. <laughs> <laughs>